Hello listeners, welcome once again to A Kenyan American in the United States podcast. This is your host Grace Kisirkoi and I'm excited to hang out with you again today. Um, so today we'll just be talking about some interesting phenomenon, just comparing experiences um, of evolving, so evolving as a person and growing in the US and then how that impacts my um so just like integ- feeling integrated when i go back to my country so basically what's the experience of being sort of um, i like to call it a global citizen so if you're going to be traveling all over the place and you become um more of in- integrated into the community uh both legally by policies um and then you spend so long for living where you didn't you were not born and then how you can integrate how how does that affect how you integrate into this diverse, disparate communities? Uh, yeah, and with that introduction, um, we're going to take a short break and then I'll come back and we can start the section. So hold tight. So the first thing people like to ask me as soon as uh, they realize that I'm not from the U.S., usually after they hear my accent, <laughs> uh, they ask me where I'm from and uh, how my experience is, uh, whether I have family here. So since I moved by myself, I didn't have immediate family. Um, I just remember most of my answers are usually relating to that. Like those people start to ask me um, how how I'm handling that, you know, just how did you like pick up and go and uh, on your own and how did that affect uh, generally, like how did you manage that? Um, I like to answer that it's amazing to get that experience of picking up and going somewhere where you don't know many people, nobody has like a preconceived idea about you. And so it's just like a big adventure where you can go, it's like a journey of self-discovery, adventure. So I thought it was just an amazing time because I was also single. I didn't have, like, I was pretty untethered. So I thought it was like the perfect opportunity to just explore. Um, And, uh, you know, if you're young and you've got just, you don't have a lot to, um, like, I didn't have too many details to work out or even like investments at the time, like just to like, figure out like oh who's gonna take care of all my stuff so I thought it was just an amazing opportunity to uh take that as soon as I realized oh I'm gonna have um I'm gonna have the opportunity to be able to study in the U.S. and um explore lots of different cultures and learn about just myself where nobody else has a preconceived idea of who I should be so yeah I thought that was just such an amazing like it was I'm I'm a very adventurous person, so that's usually the first thing I tell them. That I thought, yeah, it's like it's a plus, and um, so it can be unnerving. I remember feeling very unnerved about it. So the funny thing is, um, when I first came to the U.S. Uh, over eight years ago, about eight years ago, I actually had a return ticket because uh, while it's exciting, you also kind of wanna know that if things don't work out, you're not gonna be completely just you know, like completely out of options. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just, it was just good to know that. Um, but yeah, to go back to answer that question is, uh, as soon as I arrived, I realized that I was foreign. So if you listen to, uh, the previous episodes, uh, you will get more of the details, but you know, when you arrive in a place, you just like, you're very attuned to how foreign you are. 
Um, and then after some time, as the years go by, I start to integrate into the community. I start to, uh, the things that I used to just like realize as jarring differences, big differences, uh, I start to forget. Uh, and I think I even find myself doing some of that stuff <laughs> and even enjoying it. Like I never used to understand Halloween and any of those decorations. Um, but these days I love carving pumpkins. Um, I just enjoy just the fall colors. Um, I just, I love it. So, um, yeah, it's just something that I used to think was pretty odd and I didn't get it. Also, just the fact that Halloween is one of those times when people just give like candy. Um, people just, it's one of those holidays that has very little expectation and more fun and experience. Um, so I'm, I'm starting to get it. So you start to get things and you realize you're more integrated into the community. Um, and then uh, I realized, so I went back to Kenya my the first year after um, being in the U.S. And it was amazing. We had amazing safari. I saw my friends. Um, a lot of them were very, uh, they like had a lot of questions. They're like, how was the experience? How are you feeling? Um, and so, yeah, it was a great ex opportunity. And then when I came back, I started feeling even more integrated. And then I started to worry um that we lie so it's hard to straddle two different communities uh because uh i decided okay i want to try and be going to kenya as often as i can at least once every year um and i just remember there's this time uh in uh, back in 2016 when i went back then it just occurred to me that i think i'm actually a little bit more americanized um because um, I remember, um, so one of the big things that you, you first, you first get used to when you arrive in the U S is, uh, people are very serious about punctuality. So if people say they're going to meet at a certain time, it's very rare that people will be like over 30 minutes late or an hour. And if without like being just really feeling terrible about it and even calling to see, what they can do about it. Uh, people sometimes even come like a little bit earlier. Um, and so, but in Kenya, it's, I remember it's just, it's a little bit more relaxed. So uh, people could say they're gonna, like even I remember weddings, sometimes uh, uh, people would say the wedding is at 10, but by the time it started, it would be a couple hours later, but you know, everybody takes it easy. They, they think that's, they take that as an opportunity to hang out, catch up with their friends, uh, go out and uh, just like talk about what's happening. Usually it's a weekend. You kind of block off the time to just go there and um, impart yourself and enjoy the community. But yeah, in the US, it's a little different. So I started to realize I'm a lot more concerned about like if somebody is a few minutes late, It like when I was in Kenya, um, back like later in 2016, it occurs to me that, wow, yeah, I actually, I'm very... <laughs> It's hard for me to just wait and wait and wait for people because I show up on time if we plan like to hang out with friends. And then if somebody still hasn't arrived after an hour and they didn't like call in advance to say, I'm so sorry, I'm running late. Um, This is what's happening. Like, it's just common. I just realized, wow, yeah, I'm, I almost want to not, you know, go through with the plans. But at the same time, I also realized like, oh, I don't want to also act like a brat because I miss, I've missed my friends and, you know, I just don't want to act like 
that brought because this is a community this is how culture the culture is so i should really like i just realized i started just way overcompensating and overthinking like if some in the us i feel like nobody would mind if you just texted that person and said i'm so sorry you know like assuming there's no emergency if somebody was late um nobody would care if you said i think they would understand if you just texted and said sorry i've got uh, other things going on i um you're over an hour late uh i'm not really yeah this plan can't move forward um that's just common even in and i remember in college if a professor uh, one of the policies was if a professor was late even like with 15 minutes um they would you are okay to just you know you you are okay to leave that class like it wouldn't be counted against you um but usually if such a thing happened it was parking and they would uh let you know like hey i'm so sorry guys i am on my way you know i'm already here so of course people are reasonable about it and they understand but it's expected that you know you'll communicate if anything happens and you will do your very best to be there like you you actually intend to be there on time so yeah i just realized i'm starting to be a little bit more conscious and prefer just just that specificity and then um if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it is free there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. If you have kids, I remember uh my friend who was a Tanzanian um which borders Kenya from the south. Uh she had uh she was a single mom with I think her son was like 3 years old at the time. Um and so she uh, she was taking the son to preschool. Um and as soon as uh, the son had arrived in in the US, um so she was going to attend a master's degree no actually PhD program um in the same university as I was and um I remember her son had the most beautiful swahili so swahili is spoken in east africa um and i just remember i would love listening to her son like i would talk to her son um it was just fun to be able to speak um that language like my home language with somebody and especially like a 3 year old with beautiful swahili so um if you know if you happen to know about like these different dialects um even just like similarly to how english is spoken differently in the us so swahili is spoken differently in the us and i find coastal swahili and even tanzanian swahili to be just beautiful it's like a musical i love to listen to it so my friend's son had like the sweetest cutest like most beautiful swahili accent Um and then so she was here for about like uh, I think her program was somewhere between 4 to 5 years. Uh and I remember after one year uh, of going to preschool Hassan was too shy to speak Swahili anymore and uh he was he would speak like a very 
accented so they call it a twang in in uh, Kenya or uh, just like even in Tanzania so uh, and people think that you're probably a little bit more like you, you're pre you're starting to sound Americanized and um, sometimes people think like if you're not careful it's easy for people to think that you think you might be a little like better than others so um yeah that's why i think when people go back like you feel like gosh i don't want to come off as a brat or as conceited because you such like even though in the us people still think you have your local accent when you go back to your country people feel like you've adopted like you you sound more americanized and so that could also come to sort of um they might like i guess i don't know it's probably not them i think it's me like in my mind i'm thinking uh if somebody sa says i don't sound kenyan anymore um and like i don't want them to think that i think i am just like suddenly better than them because i've traveled all over the place and so i start to overcompensate like with the punctuality thing i'm like I really want, don't want to, you know, I've got a lot of things going on. I don't want to wait all day, but, you know, I don't want them to think that I, like, look down upon them and, I'm, I, you know, I'm not giving them my time. And so it's, it gets to be just, like, a very, like, I just find myself starting to tiptoe and I'm wondering, wow, am I more comfortable, like, out of the country now? And so, uh, but it's funny because it's still a lot of fun because I start to look into myself and I realize, um it's still like this adventure has been amazing because it's a great way of just like looking into yourself and realizing what are the values you actually like and what are the things that you enjoy and what are the things that you used to uphold because of the community versus yourself. Uh, and that's a big difference. Also just being exposed to the American way, um, especially when I first arrived, I remember my friends in school telling me that as soon as they turned 18, their parents actually got them to move out of the house and i thought that was just incredible like wow how does that happen because in kenya i've never heard of that um so like the individual aspect of the community where in uh, in the u.s people value just being your own individual self um standing on your own versus in kenya the community is very integrated and so i realized I start to really care about what people think when I'm in Kenya and I, I'm just like, I start like I automatically become more of a people, a people pleaser to where I'm like, I feel like the individual in me starts to get lost. And I like, I think there's a good balance. There's a happy, a happy medium where you're not too focused on who you are like individually, but at the same time, and at the same time, you're also giving to the community. You're part of the community you're like in this part, the big like fabric of your community. Uh, I think you can get a happy medium, but uh, I think I start to struggle. Like after staying in the US for long, uh, then I start to struggle with finding that balance. And I think that's a journey that I'm really excited to start taking that because I think it's really part of maturing is really getting to be in touch with yourself and realizing uh, which of the things you're actually holding on to are because you actually value and you enjoy or just because you're very 
concerned about the community and uh, which is not like i'm not saying it's wrong to be concerned about the community as long as it's edifying you but it's also not like you're just giving of yourself so much that you're empty uh yeah so i think that's that's like an interesting balance because i love the community i love just like i used to miss that um sometimes my best friend would just show up at my house for the weekend and sometimes she'd be like i know i didn't call you in advance but you know i just kind of missed having you around and she'd show up at my house and spend the weekend and she'd be like i don't expect you to cook me anything and then we just hang out have fun if we needed to work we'd work uh just feeling like you're such like part of a community in a painless way is a big like it's a big plus but at the same time um the balance of i realize oh okay I'm so attuned to like not worrying about the community as much like just doing what feels right for me that when I go back to Kenya I start to overcompensate um yeah that's been an interesting difference uh and I think I mean I still enjoy it I just think it's an amazing way to self discover like to just experience the world and discover yourself and realize that you cannot really resist the culture of wherever you are at um because it just automatically becomes really part of you um yeah and uh the funny thing that i remembered um about a swahili saying that i could share with you guys because i sometimes i find the swahili sayings to be really really funny and hilarious um this swahili saying says maskini akipata matako hulia mbwata so um like the context of that so what it means is if a poor man pa- like finds like maybe a treasure find something if a poor man suddenly becomes uh has resource resources then his um batok start to jiggle noisily matako huliambuata so that's the translation from what i understand uh, if you're actually from you know a swahili speaking country and you have a better translation i'd love to hear from you so please email me my contact details are in, in the show notes so yeah sometimes that's like where i feel i find myself self conscious it's like um if somebody thinks oh yeah she went to the us and now she's come back she doesn't speak like a kenyan she doesn't want to wait for us for for too long um so yeah it makes me so I, i i can realize how like in my head i'm telling myself like i don't want them to think like that of me because i value the community like i realize yeah the community's opinion is of some value of good value in this like in the kenyan community yeah so i just like uh even though maybe that's not what they're thinking so i'm not saying that like not in, it's not like anybody actually said that it's just I I feel like I'm more attuned about that <laughs> which is an interesting I just find it very interesting I notice it in myself and I find it interesting um to be able to just like note those different cultures and how you become so attuned uh to them um yeah and then uh, another interesting so in that particular um uh, in that same vein I just thought of a very funny saying that is also american um it's like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater so i think in all those communities there's so many good things to be taken from like whether it's the individual aspect like the more americanized like individual like at 18 you go live on your own you have to find a job like you know it's just like it was very different to me but at the same time i could see how there's so many there's like stressful things about that but also there's 
positives. And then on the other hand, with the community aspect on the other spectrum, end of the spectrum, where the community is such a big part, like what other people uh, think of you, like having, just being part of a community, a good citizen in the community, being, um, like caring about how your reputation and your character is being perceived by the people in your community. Um, on the other hand, also there's good things about it because you always have the support of people. Uh, we have this thing called Harambe. So um, it's hard for people to just like completely be, uh, be completely destitute because people will give in the community and um, it's just part of like, there's just a big like tight knit sort of a setup, especially um, among, so if you're, in an age group and you grew up together, you went to school together, there's just like a, a very big tight-knit uh, community like that. So I think, so going back to the American saying of don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So even if the bathwater, like there's aspects of like all those cultures, I think that might not be as, you know, as amazing, but I think there's some really amazing things that we can, uh, I just, so this is what I tell myself, like take just the good stuff from all those uh, because I can, it's given me so much perspective. Like I just try to take the good parts of those um, and incorporate those into my character so that I'm not completely disregarding one community or completely disregarding the other community just because um, I'm thinking, oh, this, this thing isn't like serving me or a certain other thing isn't serving other people that I love or care about. So yeah, I just think that that's like a very interesting uh, perspective I've learned. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think it's just if somebody is out there trying to think of whether they're going to, uh, to like trying to have an adventure like this, like a big adventure, you have an opportunity, um, and it's definitely something you think is doable, and you're on the brink of making the decision. I would definitely. Uh, I would definitely encourage you to do it. I don't like I would never exchange this experience for the world just because there's so much to be gained from uh, being sort of what they call a citizen of the world uh, and uh, sort of a global sort of a, it's like more of I, I feel like you are you become like there's there isn't really anywhere that you can call like you 100% belong so yeah I don't 100% belong in the US I don't 100% belong in like Kenya anymore I just think that there's just this like I belong like maybe 80% in both places but it's just an amazing way of expanding your horizons and realizing that wherever you go people regardless of their creed color like people are just people they've got the same insecurities vulnerabilities they just have like very similar um I think just like very similar just outlooks but overall people just once you understand how diff like even though people are different are this in their core they're very similar i think it's an amazing experience and i wouldn't exchange it for for the world um yeah and with this we'll take a short break and then i'll come back and talk about another interesting thing like it relates to food uh i heard a very funny sort of uh, a very funny episode and yeah just Come back, uh, take a short break, and I'll be right back. So, yeah, this is a funny, really funny story I have from um, an episode of a podcast I was listening to. That's like These guys are hilarious. They're called the McElroy Brothers. I think the podcast is called My Brother, My Brother. 
and me it just kind of got me thinking about um some foods that we eat in kenya but to give you context i'll tell you this story that i heard at the um and from this episode so one of the audience members in of this podcast wrote in and said that he works at a deli and one time at this deli a lady came in who wanted to buy coleslaw but they had run out of the coleslaw and so this um guy just told the lady that oh i'm sorry there's no coleslaw but the woman just kind of um kept insisting that oh yeah that's okay um if you've run out of coleslaw um i see there you haven't washed the coleslaw dish yet so just give me just like the liquid part because after all that's my favorite part like i don't even like the cabbage i just like the juice of the cut of the coleslaw um so this guy was like what that's weird so he just like was like anyway who cares we're gonna wash it out and like we're gonna throw it out anyway so this guy just scooped out like the juices of like from the coleslaw and put it in a container and and just kind of gave this woman for free because there really wasn't any way to like target and have the woman pay because like it's not a product (laughs) that they actually carry um but like i think so this guy thinks like maybe they created a beast so he was like wow like the woman came back um a week later and demanded like yeah she wants coleslaw juice again but unfortunately this time they had like a little bit of coleslaw left um and so the guy was just like so confused he was like because this woman still wanted free like the coleslaw juice for free but this guy was like at this time we still have cabbage in the coleslaw so technically it's still coleslaw and she should pay for it um yeah and that's the point where it's like i just was thinking this is really funny like maybe that's how like products there's some products that are really quirky and weird that uh people probably just like it started like that like muffin tops or chicken wings and then i just that made me remember like throwback to when i used to be um i lived like when i used to be in a like a school like in south carolina um and i lived really close to an ingles and they used to carry like chicken gizzards and liver um and so if you don't know this is these things are actually delicacies in kenya because the way we cook them it is so good and it's even more expensive than beef so you'll be surprised like if you go to like the kenyan stores like liver i remember when i was in kenya if i wanted to buy liver it was more expensive than beef but in the u.s like nobody wants to eat any of those and um i would see they were like gosh literally just being given away for free like for like a few cents a, a big thing of a bunch of like liver and gizzards and i just was like wow i don't want anyone to discover this so i would buy that and just like the way i think the way you cook it can be just like make it really delicious um and i think after some time so this this was like in the summer it would be cheap and then during like the regular semesters i think some uh, other africans that were in uh, one of the there's one of the departments that had a lot of africans i think it's like tourism uh, was like a big part of that uh, of that department and so it attracted a lot of people from like east africa uh, and i think they also knew like they valued that product and i think like whenever uh, like we were um like the semester was going on like like if it wasn't summer 
the prices would start to go up a little bit because everybody was there, like all the the people who would want to buy them were there. And so, yeah, they would reduce the price, like they would increase the price. And so I just remember, like, I that made me, this story made me think back to that time. Um, and then I was talking, I was telling my husband this, Steve, uh, you probably have heard him from pre- previous podcasts. He, he, he comes in and into the podcast every once in a while. Um, and yeah, he was laughing. He was like, yeah, there's, I think there's communities that eat like cow tongue. Um, so yeah, there's delicacies that some people cook really well, or like, I don't know, uh, pig ears. So (laughs) there's like delicacies in different cultures that sometimes nobody knows about. Like, or I think in the French, like in French culture, there's, uh, is it, escargot i think it's snails so yeah and um even my dad my parents visited me in the in kenya and they saw crabs uh like which are huge delicacies in the u.s and um like shrimp it just was the oddest thing to them like they literally thought they were the scariest like evil looking things So it's funny just thinking about all these things that we consider like normal in our culture and maybe even delicacies. And then in other cultures, like it's completely like not, it's completely shunned or just think about, um, yeah. So like this woman likes, uh, coleslaw juice and maybe I wonder if some people like secretly love just like, I don't know, the dressing and, um, yeah and like throw away the vegetables and just eat the dressing i don't know it's just it was a a very funny very funny story i just like really died laughing of that (laughs) um yeah and i thought that it was actually I, I, i took a lesson from that and thought that um you might be surprised that uh if you can take a lesson from that like you might have expertise that you don't know is marketable i don't know maybe fire eating or something like magician or something really you know not just mainstream that people might pay those are probably mainstream but like i don't know it's probably not even known yet it's like before the iphone the smartphones came out like nobody knew they would be glued to their phone and feel like they've they've lost an army if they lost it so who knows like Maybe there's this idea that is just unique to you and quirky and you're so good at it, but it's painless, but you don't think anyone would pay you money to do Like, you never know. Maybe one day you'll, like, it'll be that thing that everybody wants and they've probably always secretly wanted or didn't even know that they wanted. So there might be a demand for something you can provide really painlessly and you're currently overlooking. So, yeah, hope is not lost. <laughs> so yeah i hope that uplifts you and uh with that i really hope you have the lovely rest of your day um thank you so much i'm so excited that you joined us uh, on this episode and i would love to continue the discussion in the um email so please reach out to me if you have any like comments or experiences you want to share uh, i love hearing from you guys and i read every one of your emails and i promise i respond um for the most part i read all of the emails like if it warrants a response i respond as well so yeah don't hesitate to reach out my email is grace.kisirkoi at moneysmartphd.com. I'll also leave that in the show notes. And peace out, ladies and gentlemen.